I really just wanted to come and share some thoughts with you about the work that teachers have typically put in and are supposedly expected to put in outside of school hours preparing and taking care of activities for their classes. Now, if you are doing these things because you enjoy them and they are fun for you and you love spending time uh, preparing activities and creating resources and doing those things, then that is awesome and this is not the message for you. This message is from my heart for all the people who are spending time grading and prepping and doing all the things on the weekends and in the evenings and early in the morning who are having to lose out on the quality of their life or on the time with their family or on any other things you enjoy because of it. I want you to know that there is a better way. And I really, really, really want to get this message across that this is not a judgment. This is not me shaming anybody. This is not me saying that I have everything figured out, but this is just my experience because I was in that boat. I spent many years spending way too many hours outside of the school day working on school work. My first year of teaching at the school I'm at now, my principal pulled me into the office four weeks into the school year and told me that I was such a negative person to be around and that she wanted to start meeting with me every week to try to help improve my attitude about school. And what we figured out in that meeting was that I was really struggling with the idea of perfectionism and taking home all the grading every night and getting it done and putting that pressure on myself. And I had to work through that. And through working through that and working on a lot of personal development in addition to professional development, I have found a new balance in my life. And I want to share a little bit of how that looks with you guys. One of the ways that I've managed to spend less time doing schoolwork outside of school has been by working on my personal development and understanding that I need to prioritize my self-care and that that is not selfish at all. In order for me to be the best teacher I can be to my students, I need to be healthy. I need to be well-rested. I need to be in a good mental space and by taking work home and being stressed all night and not having time to decompress and then repeating that same cycle five days a week and even into the weekends, it wasn't healthy for me or my students. It wasn't doing them any favors. And so it came to me prioritizing my work. So one of the things I came to terms with was the to-do list and my list of work for school is always going to be there. There's always going to be something I could be working on. But I need to be okay with that and understand that it's never going to be finished and so that I don't need to be stressed if it's not finished. It's just this working document of ways I can keep working. One of the other things that I decided to do was I decided to prioritize what to take home each night. So I might have a stack of five classes of tests that I had to grade, but I would say, okay, I'm going to take one or two home tonight, 
And then I can actually feel accomplished like I finished a task. And that was super motivating as well. So it was almost like this mind shift and this change that needed to take place in my thinking about the work I needed to do. So that was one way that I reduced the amount of work that I was taking home outside of school hours. Another thing that I did to reduce my stress about the work that I had to take outside of school was I came to terms with the fact that it was okay for me to use class time to grade. Number one, when I would take home the grading and I would return it to students, at best, they would maybe look at their score and throw it in the trash. So I spent all these hours looking at their work, making corrections to their work, um, putting scores on it, writing comments, and they didn't even really care that much. They just wanted to see the number at the top of the page. So when I started grading work in class with the students, it added two important pieces, I think, to my class and actually strengthened my class. Number one, it allowed students to see in the moment the things that they need to continue working on or what happened, why they went wrong, what they could do better in the future. And it also took that burden of me having to take that work home. Now, I don't do this for everything and I don't do this all the time, but it was a huge advantage in lessening the amount of work that I had to do outside of school. Plus, the students were able to see their own work and see how they could improve. And I really do believe in student self-assessment and do find that that is valid. Sometimes I'll have partners. I'll have them switch with a neighbor and have partners grade their work. Um, and I know some teachers and schools have different thoughts about that. Um, but if you're able to do that, definitely take advantage of it. We'll be back after a quick break. The last part I want to share with you all about how I reduced my workload outside of school hours has to do with how I'm teaching and the framework I'm using to teach with and the, con the content that I'm using in my classes. Now, there's a ton of great curriculum out there and great resources, but a lot of times I found myself spending so much time looking through it all and modifying it for my classes and adapting it or thinking how I could change how to use it, that my, the bulk of my effort and time being spent was on creating and planning lessons. And I know there's some of you probably in that same boat. And now I'm not speaking to when you're learning a whole new system or learning how to teach from a whole new perspective, there's going to be work and there's going to be time and planning that you're going to need to put into place because you need to develop those skills. You need to practice those skills. But once you have those skills down, for example, once you know how to do a picture talk, once you know how to do a clip chat, once you know how to do a write and discuss, a running dictation, etc., once you have learned the skills, how do we reduce time to implement those skills in our classes and spend less time prepping for those, those things? And so for me, the biggest thing that I've noticed this year in my planning has been me adopting Tina Hargaden's daily instructional framework in my classes. Now, if you're a member of the CI Liftoff Facebook group, if you just search daily framework in the group, you will see tons of resources and PDFs and information that Tina has shared about it. 
And I highly encourage you to do so because this has given me and my students a structure and routine to class that we can use every day, but yet the content is new and fresh and exciting, but yet it's in a predictable structure that's comfortable. So every day we start class by stating our objective. By the end of class today, you will be able to answer questions in Spanish about a character we create. For example, if we were doing a one-word image, or I tell them the schedule for the day or the plan for the day and what we're going to do. Then we go into reading workshop time, which if you listen to my podcast on starting a free choice reading with your students, if you have a library available, um, I'm already well into that at this point in the year into November. And so we will do free choice reading for anywhere from like six to 10 minutes. It depends on the grade level and what um, other strategy I have planned for that day. Then the third step in class is guided oral input. So this is the part of the lesson that we normally spend the most of our time planning and preparing for. And I'm using Tina's curriculum club materials. So every day I have the guided oral input strategy picked for me. So that has reduced my time of lesson planning as well. But when I started to implement this framework last year, those materials didn't exist. So I was still saving time by implementing this framework and using whatever materials you have. So maybe one day I was going to be doing story asking. So I would focus my story asking to only about 10 or 15 minutes. Or if I was going to do picture talk, 10 to 15 minutes. Doing a one-word image, 10 to 15 minutes in my classes, and I have 50-minute classes. And so that's the bulk of where my preparation and focus needs to be, whether it's learning that new skill, creating a slideshow, finding a short film that I'm going to use, whatever it is. That's where the bulk of my preparation time was spent planning. But it's only for 15 minutes, so it wasn't, I didn't have the burden of preparing enough content to fill a 50-minute class. So that cut down on my planning time. And then basically what I do is I recycle the language that we use during that guided oral input time through the rest of the framework. So after we do our input time, I'm going to use a picture talk for an example. Let's say I did a picture talk about the city that we live in and the different, you know, the different seasons and the weather and kind of what you can see and how it changes because I did that earlier this year. So after I do my 10 minutes of input or 15 minutes of input, then I move on to doing oral review. So I just ask the students some questions about the different pictures or I'll put all four pictures up on one slide and have them marked with either letters like A, B, C, or D or different colored circles on them. And so I'll make a sentence like, it's really hot in this picture. And then I'll have the students all correlate respond with which picture I'm describing. So giving them more input, but in a different way so that it's still that new and exciting, different thing that those students are looking for. And then we do shared writing in class, which is basically write and discuss. Almost 90% of the time I would say I do write and discuss. And I usually write about four to seven sentences with my students every day because building in literacy is super important. And so... This comes straight from the input as well. So in those pictures, when I talked about our town, I did. I had the students then vote after we done reviewing the pictures. I had them vote on their favorite picture. So then we picked our, their favorite picture and we wrote about it. And so it went something like this. Title, Blue Harbor is fantastic. Or Blue Harbor is very popular. And so you like lead the students through... Um, choices as you're writing together. I do this on a document camera and I'm doing this in Spanish in my classroom on a document camera that's projected that the students can all see. 
Um, you could do it on your whiteboard or you could do it on chart paper. You could type it up if you wanted to. There's tons of ways you can do write and discuss. And if you don't know how to do this strategy, you can also search in the CI Liftoff Facebook page. It's write and discuss, and there's a lot of options there. And I have tons of demos on my YouTube channel. If you search Caitlin Lepper on YouTube, you'll find them there as well. And so we do our, our shared writing, and that takes about 10 minutes. And you can have the students copy that or not, depending on your class, what they need, how much time you have, etc. And then after our shared writing, we do shared reading. So every day I'll read it to them as fluently as possible, as fluidly as possible in Spanish. And then we translate it word by word in English. And this is an awesome opportunity as we go through it and they have trouble remembering what some words are or when, I, when they get to translating what the phrase le gusta actually means in English. It gives me an opportunity to discuss the grammar with my student, which is awesome. And then... After that, I'll usually ask the students if they've noticed anything about the language they want to point out to the rest of the class. It gives them a chance to kind of make some grammar suggestions or noticing different kind of traditional rules, if you will, um, about the, the language. And then we go on to the last step of the daily framework is student application and assessment. Now, some days I don't make it all the way to this step, but on the days that I do, this is where I can just kind of sit back and relax and let the students kind of show off what they've learned. So sometimes we'll play the question and answer game. Sometimes I'll give them a quick quiz so I can get some daily formative listening grades in the grade book. There's a tip for you. And I grade those in class. I have them grade their own quizzes or I have them switch with a neighbor and grade their quizzes. And nine times out of ten, I have at least 90% of my students getting 100% on them because they're really simple questions like true or false or either or questions. Or I'll have the students write, do like a five-minute quick write, and I'll say, you know, describe the four pictures in Spanish using as much detail as you can for five minutes. Go. And I let them work. Um, we can do reader's theater. We can do acting it out. There's a lot of different options we can do once we get to the end of that class, once we have that text created. And now I have a text that I can use for reading workshop the next day if I want to, or for sub plans, or for a day where I just need to take it easy and the students need to do some other work, like maybe illustrating our class text, or translating it into English, or you know, writing their own version, like creating a parallel text for it by changing details. But this has immensely reduced my planning time because I only really have to plan and prepare what I'm doing for that 10 to 15 minutes of guided oral input every day. And the rest is on autopilot. I have a repertoire of strategies of like four to five go-to strategies for scaffolded oral review, for shared reading. Well, I pretty much do the same shared reading strategies every day and for student application assessment. And because I'm using new content in that framework every day, it feels new and different to the students. And so I would highly encourage you, if you are trying to do input for your whole class period, if that works for you, go for it. You are my hero. You are amazing. You are incredible. If you can sustain that energy five classes or six classes a day, every single day of the week, then go for it. But for me, I literally ended up having to have nodules removed from my vocal folds because of overusing and misusing my voice, trying to be on all day, every day in my CI classroom. And so for me, it has been a planning dream 
going into the school year only having to really focus on planning for that 10 to 15 minutes in my classes and knowing that the rest is on lockdown and I've got this, this system that I can use every single day. And it's also been this huge relief and weight off my shoulders as far as my physical health is concerned. Because I was talking to my speech therapist last week and she literally said, if you, I was reading her a story in Spanish so she could work with me on how I can make sure I'm not injuring my voice when I'm teaching with so much, uh, some, some uh, excitement in my teaching, so to speak. Um, and she said, if you were to do this all class long, every single day, you would end up back where you were three months ago. And so implementing this daily framework has reduced my stress. It has reduced my physical stress. It has reduced my planning. It has reduced my grading because during that application and assessment time at the end of class, we grade the assessments together. Or if they do like a quick write, I'll just look through them and see that they wrote in Spanish and put a smiley face on them or a check mark on them. Or sometimes I don't even do anything with them because the students have already had a chance to share their writing with a neighbor if they wanted to or look it over. And it has just been this huge relief for me this year to cut down on my work. I've only taken work home. And I'm talking about like grading or specific planning for my classes, not my professional development or doing webinars or helping out in Facebook groups or creating presentations or watching presentations. I'm not talking about that because I'm choosing to do that. That's something I want to invest my time in to become a better teacher. I'm talking about planning my lessons writing subplans, creating materials, grading papers, etc. I have brought home work once this year so far. And it was the students' individual created characters that I wanted to type up stories and descriptions for in Spanish. I chose to do that. I could have done, done without that and made it through my classes just fine, but I wanted to have those written texts to utilize during reading workshop time, for other activities, and to add to our library. So I really want to encourage you to check out this daily framework. And if you're still listening, thank you so much for hanging on. But I really want to encourage you to prioritize yourself. Because if you burn out, like I'm already feeling somewhat burnt out just because of the demands of the teaching job in general, when you're burnt out, that doesn't do anything for you or your family or your students, or your colleagues, you can't show up as the best version of yourself when you're not taking care of yourself. And when you're not the best version of yourself, everyone else suffers. So take a breath. You are doing an awesome job. And you need to know that you matter. You are important. You are worth prioritizing and taking care of.